Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Come on, let's get into the word. John chapter 4. Come on. Come on. I always want to encourage you to, to bring your Bible. Don't just take my word for it. Take his word for it. I say that often, and I mean that. I mean that. I mean that. Can we welcome all of our folks online today? Can we go ahead and do that? Can we welcome them? We're thankful you're with us today. I want to go ahead and say this. Who's here for the first time today? You're here for the first time. Anybody here for the first time? It's good to have Rob with us. Got another friend back here. Let's thank God for our friends today that are here with us. Yeah, come on, church. Let's thank God for them. Amen. Let's take it to them. I know we got a new little one that's in the place. So we're going to send... A loaf of bread over here to Jude and those people that he's hanging out with today. Come on, let's thank God for that new one that's with us today. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. There I am asking y'all to clap. You got your Bibles in your hands and everything else. I know. Y'all pray for your preacher, man. Today, I want to tell you this. As I get ready to start today, uh, I want you to know that today, much of this will be just as a fellow traveler. Um, not so much in, in the content of just being pastor, preacher, or anything else. I just want to tell you, I'm just journeying this with you, and the Holy Spirit has laid some stuff on me this week, man, that is uh, actually ground-shaking and, and ground-moving, uh, I think, in my spirit and in my soul, and I'm thankful for that. May it be uh, that with the Lord that we never think that we've arrived, that we have come to a place where we never can learn anything more, anything new. And today, this is the simplest of things. This began with me on just a simple thought, and that's the reason, Jenny, this song's such a catalyst to me today. You know not what you worship. You know not what you worship. I'm going to be talking about truth today, preaching about truth. And when that song says, we worship you for who you are, not for what you do, not for what you've done, but we worship you for who you are. Man, that's when you begin to get intimate with the Lord. So John chapter 4, verse 19 through 24, you're familiar with the verse. Chapter 4 here deals much with the woman at the well and a life being changed by the presence of the Son of God and our Savior. We pick it up here after Jesus is revealing things to her and the Holy Spirit is really beginning to move. In verse 19, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our father, she said, our fathers have worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship 
you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. Verse 28, very familiar. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me, please, to John chapter 14. Verse 30. Chapter 13 of John refers to what we would know as the Last Supper. Jesus now, as he begins, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in the Father, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. Remember, that's where we're at here, okay, in John 14. But he closes the chapter out in saying this. Verse 30. He said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes, or cometh. And notice what Jesus said. And hath nothing in me. That's where we're going today. This, this message is going to meddle with you. And it's my, I, I hope it meddles with you like it's meddled with me. Verse 31. But that the world may know. This is why church. But that the world may know that I love the Father. That the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, or gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Lord, your word is so humbling. I pray today, precious Holy Spirit, that you open our ears to hear. But oh, just take its on through the progression of not just hearing, but listening. Holy Ghost understanding. God, don't let it stop in my hearing. Bring it down into my heart to believing today, God. And to see today, precious Holy Spirit, that you are ever present and ever faithful to get us ready to meet Him. On that great and glorious day, Lord, that you've appointed. But God, today, let us all leave this place changed. And Holy Spirit, I'm giving you the right to offend me. I'm giving you the right to offend my flesh. Today, let us all give you the right and the privilege to offend our souls. So that we may be stronger in the Spirit. love you God do what you do amen you can be seated thank you Jenny thank you so much guys as this has happened I'm going to be reading this morning just part of a prayer time there's times when the Holy Spirit will allow me to slow, slow it down in my mind and in my prayer and he he offers me the time to pen my prayer and to give to you. And I find that it's in those times that my heart really is probably the most tender. It's during that time that I find maybe that just, just the conviction. And if you have a pen and a paper, you want to get it out. I've got some things for you today that I want you to take with you. But 
I want to start by just opening comment and or the opening prayer. Turn to somebody and say, get ready to be offended. Because I will find you that it's through the offense that the Holy Spirit uses as the most important tool to your growth. Hmm. So I wrote this and, and penned this and I want you to be part of the prayer today. Today, church, as I come before you, I find it to be one of the darkest hours in the world and one of the brightest of times in the kingdom. Such a time of chain breaking in the kingdom and such a time of chain binding in the world that Satan and his demons are binding passive souls. He's doing that by these demons that roam so freely at work in powers and principalities and in things maybe that we don't want to see, but even though you can't see it, we can still declare that it's still there. Hang on to this word. Never before, Amy, have I seen Satan concerning this, that his mere existence has been so readily dismissed by name tag only Christians and so readily believed by people in the world. Mm. I, in my prayer time, I was studying, I was thinking about that very thing because years ago I had been taught and I, I learned this thought, a side note, that, that you know one of Satan's greatest tricks is for you to believe that he's not real. And I believed that for years, only to find, I, I, I was studying this out this week, and only to find, many of you know that I, I look at Barna Research and different things, trends and, and different things like that, but then he does a masterful job of, of in that George Barna Research, you're familiar with it, and this is something that I've seen, and I'm quoting. We've heard how many people are searching for answers and turning to faith during the pandemic, but a new study reveals shocking information about what exactly Americans believe. In this study, it found that roughly half, 51%, only 51% of American adults now have a traditional biblical view of God and that He is all-powerful and all-knowing and that He is the Creator. You say, well, that's still 51%. In 1991, it was, it was 71%. So as I tell you that this is a Christian nation, I think that you can see that today, that it's not creed, color, or anything else, or nationality. But today, rather, it's the moral influences of the enemy that, has, that is having the greatest effect on society and on the culture. And people that just in two or three decades ago that were believing 71% that believed that God was all-knowing and that God was all or that he was the creator and all those things, now it's already dropped 20%. The next one got me even more than that. Of those who believe in Jesus, so we're going to say for those that are believers in Jesus Christ, listen to this, according to the research. Now, out of those Jesus believers, more say that he sinned than he didn't. 44% of people surveyed believe that Jesus sinned, and only 41% of those surveyed that call themselves believers, only 41% believe that Jesus didn't sin. Can I tell you today, I serve a sinless, spotless Savior that did not sin. That did not sin. 
And before I go any further, I want to tell you, regardless of what the data says, regardless of what the research says, I still believe that my God is alive, He's well, and Jesus, hallelujah, has resurrected and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So today, I want this to be somewhat of a wake-up call to you to understand, for you and I both, that there are things that are going on in the world that it's getting darker, but for us, it should get brighter. Mm. Now here's the thing that going back to the contrast of that, that when I believe that, that years ago Satan didn't want anybody to believe that he existed and many people didn't, now things have shifted and changed. Why? Because much of the church is being led by the world instead of the church leading the world. Listen to this. So now more people believe in Satan than believe in God, according to the research. 56% of the people that were surveyed believed more in Satan than they did in God. So what is that telling us? Tens of millions of Americans consider themselves to be Christian, but they do not believe that God is really in control or even cares what happens to them. Do you? I care. And today I want to deal with truth. I want to preach on the foundation of truth. The Word of God said in John chapter 4, when Jesus is revealing himself to the woman at the well, and she becomes, or she, she begins to see that he's more than a prophet, that he was the Messiah. That's when things change. And the same for you and I. Maybe you first come to know Him as Savior, but He's much more than that. How many of you can declare today that He's been your healer? That He's been your deliverer? That He's been your restorer? That, listen, He just went from being one thing to becoming everything. Amen, somebody. And that's what He does. So today, my prayer. Dear family, we are in a fight. We're in a fight against principalities and powers and demonic strongholds that are ravaging our homes, that are killing our babies in the womb, murdering men on the streets, spirits of influence that are allowed to get behind the wheel and taking the lives of innocent victims on our highways, whether it's by alcohol or by drugs or anything else. And God forbid that we would condemn our beer gardens or wine tastings or God forbid that we would come against the bourbon trail. Why? Because that's good for tourism, and tourism is good for our economy. So please don't preach against that. And it's the same moment, and by the way, here's what we do. So we find ourselves within the mindset of a strike it or get rich scheme, and so what we do is we stand at the counters of convenience stores, and we punch our tickets, and we buy our Powerballs. By the way, you all know who I am. This is not new to you. I don't have to do shock and awe anymore with my family, do I? And what happens, we find that men and women that go from a simple scratch-off end up spending their paychecks and depriving families from food and different things such as that. Oh, wait a minute. Now, you can't talk about the lottery. You can't do that, preacher, because, listen, the lottery funds our education system. Don't y'all look at me like I don't. $4 billion been given since. For what? 
so that your child that you've raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord can go to a liberal college and sit in the presence of a liberal professor and hear everything that deconstructs their faith? My God, church! No, you'll sit for it, but how many of you say, I'm going to stand for God and I'm going to declare that we are in the right time today. God's appointed us for this time. Somebody say, give me my pacifier, give me my phone. I'm going back to Facebook. And so what we do is that we believe the devil's lies. I'm getting to truth today. And I pray that this word offends you like it offends me on a weekly, if not a daily basis. I'll tell you this. I'm just going to stop right here. I'll guarantee you can find a more comfortable church. But you better be careful. Y'all don't know it, but I put tax in every one of these seats that are in here. I did not do that. It's my prayer that the Holy Spirit would convict us today to truth. I'm not done. I do ask intercessors that you pray for me. This is the kind where hell loves to attack my mind. But in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to give any place to the devil today. So we do that, and then they deconstruct and do a job of deconstructing our children's faith in God. For the young people that are in here and you're in high school, middle school, high school, or wherever. I want to tell you, don't you dare be ashamed of the God that saved you. Don't you dare, don't you dare be afraid to stand in the presence of a professor that tells you that he knows everything and he tries to discredit, discredit and deconstruct your faith. Don't you dare be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Parents, we are raising champions, not wimps. Listen, you've got to understand this. Teach your child that sticks and stones may break their bones, but get up in the name of Jesus and fight on. Fight on. Listen, you let them come back to the corner of your home, and you be <laughs> my mind always goes back to that old Rocky picture, man, where old Mick's got Rocky in the corner, and he's beat all to pieces, and he says, I can't go on, Mick. And Mick says, get in there and fight. That's what I'm telling you today. When they get off the school bus and they come in and people try to tell them who they are or who they're not, you let them come to the corner of your home and you tell them that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God doesn't make any junk. We don't set off all kinds of alarms. I think that's in here, not even outside. What's going on? The world says we're going to keep the abortion clinics open that kill our babies and wound the minds of those that carry these precious youngins. We're going to keep them open. And we're going to fight to keep them open. And what we're going to do is we're going to come against any, any church, any on-fire church that brings life and hope to the community. Church, what has happened is that we have lost or we are losing our balance. And a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. There's an old adage back when I was young, and I heard this, and, and there was a food pyramid, and I just, it was talking about food. It got me. It was a food pyramid, and I remember 
these little old commercials, little old things that said, you are what you eat. Can I tell you that's not changed? In the spiritual sense, you are what you eat. You eat garbage. Huh? Let me get off your news feed for y'all get mad. Uh-oh, I'm preaching into y'all's trough now, ain't it? Let me watch out. Balance. Listen to me. Isn't it amazing how we've lost our balance that we can't wait to pick out and put on our Halloween costumes for our children, but we can't find time to lay out their, their clothes on a Saturday night for them to go to church on Sunday? Huh? huh? No, I mean, look. I don't, by the way, I don't know whether trick-or-treating was yesterday or today. See, y'all, y'all got to understand your preacher. I don't know who went and who didn't. So when y'all think, he preaching right at me. Can I tell you something? Let's give that into the Holy Ghost. Huh? Let's let you take this up with God because I had to do the same thing and I still do it. Isn't it amazing how that we say this, how, how that we do this? This is crazy. So one day a year what we do is that we get our kids and we go knock on a stranger's door and we ask him for candy. But oh, God forbid that we take them any other day of the year and knock on a door with our children and give them Jesus. Oh, now, oh, ho, come on, y'all, huh? Turn to somebody and say, dress up's over. Let me tell you this. Now, now stay with me here because this is where your mind is. You see, I used to think, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just all the fun. Ah, it's just for the fun of it. Can I tell you? My fun turned into fear. I'll show you how. When I was young, Amy and I, back when we were dating, we'd go to haunted houses. We'd go to all of that, didn't we? Once. Why do we do that? The excitement, the fear. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Come go with me. By the way, once again, I don't know who went and who didn't. Okay? We get down there, and we was up at one in Louisville. I don't know. It's, a, it's an old building. We go down into the cellar, and it was a cellar of like a digout, and it was crazy down in there. And Amy about lost her mind down in there. Hear me. Somebody was coming out or doing this or that. I'll never forget this. She grabbed my arm and bit my arm. I'm not talking about just nibbling. I'm talking about bit my arm. I said, girl, what's wrong with y'all? What out here? Stay with me. Let me get deeper with you. See, the Word of God says that some of you entertain angels unaware. And you think that all there is around you and that God has appointed you as holy angels. As much as he's appointed holy angels, hell has dispatched demonic angels. Okay? And see, here's what happens. Turn to somebody and say, what do you do for entertainment? Huh? Let me help you. Two things. Hellavision and then something new, a new word, the hindernet. What do you do for entertainment? Pastor Wayne don't preach what I want. I'll go to somebody that does. They're everywhere. Now what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that the haunted house used to be what I visited. Only until I found out in real life that there's real demonic spirits and that I was living in a haunted house. Uh-oh. You see, you don't want to admit this. 
But I'm telling you, I'm going to bring you to the, if you'll, no, listen. It's my prayer today that the Holy Spirit will bring you the truth like he did me this week. I'm not playing no games. Time's too short. What I come to find out was this, is that the haunted houses was nothing, something behind a mask or anything else, or running a chainsaw without a chain on it, and all this stuff trying to, no, can I tell you, the haunted house was the one that I was living in that was really controlled by demonic spirits of anger. Envy, jealousy, greed, perversion, lust. Oh, he's going there again. I hope it offends you. I hope it offends you to the point like it offended me this week. I want to offend, I want the Holy Spirit to offend you enough to where it'll bring you to a point of change. Found out those haunted houses were things that, oh, Brother Wayne, that's just, that's just those little old things. That's, that's just that. Can I tell you, no. When you've got doors that shut for no reason, when you hear steps when nobody's in the room, when you see a spirit of darkness move into a room, when it tries to grip you or your families, oh, that stuff ain't real, then let me tell you something. You ain't lived where I've lived. That when you got to take, amen, Amy, that when you got to take, take dominion and authority back that Adam, the first Adam, lost, in the garden, when you've got to do that, you better believe I've anointed my doorknobs with oil. You better believe that I've gotten out of bed, hallelujah, and got up and said, in the name of Jesus, whatever's in here has got to go. You don't have no place here. Stop, Brother Wayne, you're trying to scare me. I pray that I do because I'm going to tell you something every time. I will do my level best to scare you into heaven instead of lullabying you into hell and to tell you that demons are not real. You need more than that? Okay, at 20 years old, I'm going to say 20. Here's a young man that got saved when he was 16. Something changed in his life. All of those things, dabbling in the world, bad in church, in this, in that, and everything else. 20 years old, laying in my bed, almost asleep. That demonic pressure hit my back. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't breathe. I got to that point. That's not real. Can I tell you, you believe what you want to believe. I know. And within my last breath, you've heard me testify this many times, within my, I thought I was in my last breath hearing a voice say, you're going to die. As real as I'm standing before you, I serve a real God, and I understand there's a real enemy. You can say what you want. I remember the panic. I remember the anxiety. What do I do? What do I do? Then it came to me. Thank God I'd been in church and somebody told me there was power in that name. Not able to move. <gasps> Yelling and nothing coming out. Said the name of Jesus, it didn't leave. Said the name of Jesus the second time, it didn't leave. Said the name of Jesus the third time, and it left as quick as it came, and it's never been back again. Praise be to God. You can believe what you want to believe. Turn to somebody and say, are you possessed? We're going to talk about that today. So the thing is, is what you and I have to understand is, is that very thing. Is that we don't want to realize that the enemy is real. I'm not giving him any glory. I'm not giving anything to prop him up. But when you look around you and you think, well, this is political, this is this, this is that, do you realize today that the same spirits that operated in Jesus' time, the same religious spirit and demon that was pushing 
the Pharisees, and the Sadducees to oppose Christ is the same false world religions that are pressing you today. There's nothing new under the sun. The same one. And you think, well, that, that's, that's in religion. Let's talk about in your camp. Let's talk about people in your circle. Well, I'm off limits to the enemy, are you? Because I sure seen how it worked in, in Peter. And he was walking closer with Christ in the physical and in much of the natural and much of the spiritual that I think that many of us could even see today. You want to go further than that? Thank you, we will. So if Judas had the power and it said that all of them did to cast out devils and to speak great things in his name, then if he could do that, then how could Judas allow for the... I really plan to mess every one of you up before we leave. Only to have the Lord build you back. Because when you begin to look at this, and listen, there is no guilt, no condemnation or anything else, but I'm going to tell you something. Before you think and you're going to cast the devil out of somebody else, you better start with yourself. Period. Somebody said, well, I'm not controlled by a spirit. Turn to somebody. You've heard me say this before. Turn to somebody and say, what's got a hold of you? Huh? Let's talk about traffic. Oh! It's green! You got time, go! Huh? No, stay with me. I told you, I want to meddle with you today. Because what happens? Come here, Dax. Here's what happens. Listen, has something got a hold of you? That's not of God. If it's not of God, where does it come from? No. Pastor, you just need to understand that's my nature. You need to hear me. This is powerful. Because here's what happens. Well, it's just my nature to get angry. I thought you were supposed to have a new nature. This is, the, this is the key, Larry. If the devil has still got a grip on you, then you are still operating and owned by the devil. Oh, you turn to somebody and say, who owns you? I always wanted, Stephen, I always wanted to be one of them guys, man, that could dunk. And you know what? You see it now that when somebody dunks on somebody else, they look at me and say, I own you, pow. Do that. What you have the volition and the willingness to do after you know the truth, you are then surrendering not to God, but you are surrendering yourself to the enemy. Well, it's just my nature. Is it? Because that's not the nature of God. Hold on, Pastor. You don't think I know Scripture. He said, be angry and sin not. Really? You know as well as I do when you're angry and when it's of God and when it's not of God that when somebody talks about your Jesus, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. I turn that one. I turn that one. That gives them two. Look out after that. So if you're here today and we're thinking about that, that doesn't rule or that doesn't own me. I'm spending time with my family today as a fellow traveler. Hear me. So does that control you?
I'm going deeper in Scripture. Come to somebody, this will help them too. What's gotten into you? It's the enemy. It's the enemy. Balance. Balance. We say it's all fun, is it? Seances, Ouija boards, fortune tellers, no harm, right? You'll find this out, that those passive doors that you open that you think that there's no harm to, you'll need help getting them closed in the name of Jesus. You will not be able to do it on your own. And what will happen is this. Sure as you think you've suppressed it, that's all you've done. Because what will happen is this. You think that you've done that only to find that Satan is slick and he is willing to hide in your life only to come out at the most opportune time. And if it's not in you, it'll be in your kids because you're carrying it. So for those of you that are here today and you think, I've got to have it my way. I'm getting to that. We find this out. That the Bible, you say, the Bible don't talk about stuff like that, Brother Wayne. Yes, it does. It talks about necromancy. It talks about speaking to the dead. It talks about witchcraft. It talks about fortune telling. It talks about that so much as the point it says, suffer not a witch to live. Why? Because witches and warlocks cast spells on people. And they operate in the church under the guise and under the name tag. I'm a Christian. Let me go further. I told you all, I get, you all don't know how thankful I am to get this unloaded. I say that so many times. I'm not done. Here's where we're at today. What we have is this, balance. We need balance. The self-appointed and self-anointed spirits of self rise up through our pictures and stories that become more about what we've got instead of what we've been given. Oh, I wish you'd weigh that out. I told you I'm preaching to me as much as I am to anybody else. That our pictures and our storylines are more about this Look at what I've done for somebody instead of putting a picture or a post about what somebody has done for me. And it's all due to self-exaltation instead of a soul-humbling foundation that we should be building our foundations of Him on. For the record, today is October 31st. This is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to mess all of you up. You can call it whatever you want to. If you're going to have a fall festival, why not do it on November 5th? If you're going to do trunk or trunk or treat or trick or whatever else, you can do it another day. But I'm not going to give any glory to hell or to the enemy. Just so you know. Huh? The same way, Christians, that we have a Christian holiday that we call... I'm just on... Boy, why has Thanksgiving got to be one day a year? Why can't it be 365 days a year? Why do we just celebrate the birth of Christ on one day? How many of you are thankful that you can just worship Him today? How many of you are thankful for the birth of Christ in your own life? Why wait till December 25th?
kids, hold your ears. I got news. Santa Claus may not make it. For so many people that are waiting for him, he's probably off the coast of California in a storage container. But I've got to tell you that my king came in a manger years ago, and he... Oh, come on, somebody. You know you want to get with me. Here's the thing, that he came 2,000 years ago in a manger. Somebody's worried about the economy. I'm built on a stable economy. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Huh? That's the trough that's still feeding the whole world. God, is this the year? He took away sports last year. Is this the way that he takes away these things? Where we've been misled and misguided. Amy, I don't know what I'm giving you for Christmas as far as in the, in the material world, if anything. But I'll tell you this. It's my heart to give you every piece of Jesus that's in me. This is a year, man. Give somebody Jesus. Be the love note in person that knocks on the door and says, hey, I don't need anything. I just want to pray with you. My God. My God. This is what happens when you spend a week with Jesus, man. So what's the answer, preacher? We must worship him in spirit and truth. In big letters. Truth, please. I said please. I'm not commanding. But I just please, Eric. Your greatest weapon against the enemy is truth. You look to the world for truth only to find that how can you do that? The world cannot figure it out. We cannot look to the world for truth. Your greatest weapon is truth. When we talk about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, before you get to the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, your feet shod with the gospel of peace, the sword or the word of God or your faith that's the shield, all of those things, where does it start? It starts with the belt of truth. Everything and anything that we become or we strive to do will be through the truth of God. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and number four is sitting at the right hand of the Father today making intercession. I don't care whether you believe it or you don't believe it. You can't change it. It's true. He said, I can't believe that now. You may not believe that now, but I'll tell you one day, death is a truth teller and you will see that every knee will bow. Turn to somebody and say, we're in a war. We're in a war. And the greatest weapon you have is truth. Nancy, that's the greatest weapon we have is truth. What's his greatest weapon? Easy. Deception. 
deception. His greatest weapon is to deceive you. Now listen to me, Christian. This is where it's going to get personal. Once you willingly know the Word of God and you find it as truth, you no longer can ignorantly say that I was deceived. Once you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and once you hear the power of the Word, you can't leave and say, oh, I was deceived. No, because the Word said in this, in the book of Acts, that what you did when God used to wink ignorantly at those or He winked at ignorance, He no longer does that. truth write this down write down the word passivity some of you like I don't know how to spell it it's passivity if I can spell it you should be able to have it or should be able to do it now I'm going to help you they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth if I were to go now to go ahead and go to John chapter 8 real quick Let me show you this. John chapter 8, we're still talking about deception. We're still talking about truth. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. To the Jews that believed on him. Let me tell you this. That is saying this. Those of you that have ever had this etched in religion in your mind, you've got to continue in my word. And basically what he's saying, more than the law, if you want to be my disciples. Why? Because he is the fulfillment of the law. Stay with me. And here's the verse that many of us quote. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth. Didn't say set you free, J.J. Sorry, I read the King James Version. I don't know what your version says. But I like the word make. Because that's process and that gives me room for sanctification. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the word, when it says no, let's look at the word no, Bill. Me and you were talking about this the other day. And I told you the word gnosko is me and you were talking. I think you remember that. That we talk about that. To know can mean this. To become known. To know, understand, perceive, or have knowledge or understanding. To know in the simplicity of that. But knowledge to knowing. But to the Jewish mind when they said no, it was a reference to a man and a woman. It was an intimate relationship. To where male and female come together as one the way God intended. In marriage. And to become one means to know each other intimately. So here's the thing. So think now for the Jewish mind and for you and I to think about this. So the word said, and you shall know the truth. What does that mean? You're going to become one with the truth. Do you realize that when Jesus, so there's no room here. So do you realize that when Jesus came to you, he got acquainted with your sin. He atoned for your sin. You got to know Jesus just like I did through your sin. What Jesus did, the word said, tell me if I'm wrong, he became sin who? So he became sin. This is deeper, but this is true. You become one with that truth. If any man say that he has no sin, he is a what? And the truth is not. So if you say, ah, I'm a good old boy. I'm a good old gal. I give, I give $20 to Salvation Army last year. Well, praise be to God. But that $20 don't amount to much of anything. If you didn't do it in Jesus' name. 
Let everything that you do, do it in Jesus' name. And by the way, if you come out in that conversation, if I comes out, mm, let me move on. And you shall know the truth. You shall become one with the truth. So is it true that God cannot lie? Yes or no? So when you become one with a lie, are you in God? Or are you... The Word of God said that when you join yourself to a harlot, it's of the harlot that you become part of. That when you become part of the gossip, that when you... That when you become one with the hatred, that when you become one with the lust or the perversion, then what happens? You are joined to the harlot. You're like, oh my goodness. I'm not done. Stay with me, please. I want you to be free before you leave here today. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. How many of y'all want to be free? Five of you. How many of you know that through the blood of Jesus you are free? And here's what he's doing. You have to understand this. You need to get this. I told you to write down the word passivity. Once you are saved, you cannot... I'm going to preach this coming in the future. Coming. i got a lot of stuff that's coming. But the problem is this, is that you cannot enter into passivity. You have to be deliberate. You have to be deliberate in your thought. You have to be deliberate in your action. What happens, Todd, is this, is that when that happens, it's called autonomous Christianity. Look, Mom, no hands. I couldn't listen. I couldn't wait to tell everybody. Isn't it amazing? I couldn't. When I was a kid, we loved bikes, man. We rode bikes everywhere. Man, we rode our bikes, man, and I'll never forget Anybody else ever try to ride without hands? How many of y'all couldn't tell? You couldn't wait to tell other people, I can ride without hands. How many of y'all told everybody when they seen all them scrapes and everything up on your head and everywhere else? How many of y'all, they looked at you and said, yep, riding with no hands. That's autonomous Christianity. Where do you fall? You start living a passive life. You start living in passivity. Sin is there, but you say, ah, God doesn't care. God hates sin. That's not going to change. Look, Mom, no hands. Look, God, no hands. Hmm, I see that. Then what's next? God help me. Yep. And what's he do? Because of his grace, he'll pull you out of the ditch. He'll, he'll bring healing to your wounds. And he'll use your pride as an opportunity to show you humbleness. Well, I could preach my own life right there, boy, for a good while. So you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You can't be free until you're one with the truth. So when you're one with the truth, everything that represents a lie has to be dealt with at the door of a man's mind. And it comes through this. When you become passive with your gates, and your gates are not only defensive. When I'm talking about my ears, I'm talking about five senses. I'm talking about your ears, your eyes, your nose, your tongue, all, your all these things. What you speak, all these things. We, we don't have time to go deep here, but I need to tell you that not only are they defensive, but they need to be offensive. So when I say this, when you do not become deliberate in your gates and you become passive, you'll say things you don't want to say. 
Oh, baby, oh, baby, don't, don't be upset with me. You know, I just mad. I didn't mean that. You said it. Meaning this, meaning that you didn't control your tongue, and now you've got a situation. You can't unsay something. Well, they're all the time telling these dirty jokes around me. Walk off. Walk off. And before you walk off, where are you going? Hey, guys, I, I don't need to hear that. That joke you're telling is one that I used to do. If you're saying that, I guess I, that's the joke I used to be. Well, aren't you too holy? No, I'm just too forgiven to live like hell anymore. Come on, somebody. People say this, they'll say this. Well, now, I don't know if this is really clean. If it's, don't say it. Stop. It amazes me how people have pressed me. Well, let me tell you, I don't want to hear it. Point number one. Turn to somebody and say, you've got to know the truth. Point 1A. Truth begins with me. Truth begins with me. In chapter 3 and verse 16 that everybody has so well memorized because they want forgiveness, they forget the following verses. For God so loved, we get that far. For God did not send His Son into the world, condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. We go through 18, then we get to 19. And the Word of God says this, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Hey, Brother Wayne, where are they at? Hey, Brother Wayne, where are you at? Hey, where's this one? Where's that one? Can I tell you, darkness hates light. So you're wondering why some people are not in your life and it's grieving your soul. You need to start praising God because it could be that you're finally some light in the midst of darkness and they don't like it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Be salt and grace. Don't be so narcissistic to think that you've got it all right and all the world's wrong. Please don't. Balance this out. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. A just weight is His delight. Stay with me. The Word of God says, For everyone that does evil hates light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So let me show you something. Let me give you three steps here, okay? Let's do this. Let's do this real quick. Real quick. Write this down. In order to become one with the truth, the first thing you got to do is acknowledge the truth. Acknowledge the truth. Number two, and I'll come back and preach it. Number two, accept the truth. Number three, do the truth. Number one, acknowledge the truth. Number two, accept the truth. Number three, do the truth. Let's go a little deeper. Because the Word of God says that it's not just enough. See, this is where we're going. You shall know the truth. If you want to know the truth, you've got to continue in the Word. If you really want to be free, if you're going to be His disciples, you've got to be free. You've got to be in His Word. So number one is acknowledging the truth. Acknowledging the truth. Stay with me. So if you were to ask me today, Kenny, if you were to ask me, Brother Wayne, have you ever told a lie? Yes. I acknowledge the truth. The truth is, Brother Bobby, that I have acknowledged that, okay? You see, I'm acknowledging the truth that I have lied before. Number two, tougher. 
Turn to somebody and say, it's going to get personal. It's easy to say, it's easier to say I've told a lie. So let me ask you a question in the simple math. If you told a lie, does that make you a liar? Oh, now I've got a problem. It's harder for me to accept, wait a minute, are you calling me a liar? I'm not really calling you anything. I'm asking you. And when you come to the place that here is where, Brother Alvin, this is where salvation, this is really where the walk truly begins, is when you accept that I am a sinner. I have sinned. Stay with me just a minute. When I said I am a sinner, I don't mean that active. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes or no? It's Scripture. So the problem is this. is so if I acknowledge it, yeah, I've lied before. Does that make you a liar? Ho, 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 wait, that's another thing. You call. Let me mess with the men for a minute. So don't raise your hand. Don't say anything. I want you to just brace yourself and sit real still. Do not move. Breathe, but do not move. So the Word of God says, so if any of you has even looked upon a woman as to lust, uh uh-oh, you've committed adultery in your heart. It's amazing how I tell people to be still and hush, and they still do it. Stay with me. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to every soul in this place, mine included, JJ. I'm using that. Now, ladies, that's right. Get them, Pastor. Get up. Get up. Get them. Eve, let me remind you, you were the one that was deceived. And it was through communication. It was through that. Can I tell you, we are all subject to these things because the enemy is relentless. Guys, I could go on for two hours, and I'm not going to do that, but I need to get you to a place to where I can stop this and pick back up on Wednesday. So number one, you've got to ask yourself today this question. How many, how many of you would acknowledge today that you have active sin in your life? Don't raise your hand. How many of you would accept that fact? Now, here's the third level. What are you going to do about it? See, because the Word of God is clear. That you don't need to be, how many of you heard the Word this morning? If you've heard the Word, say hallelujah. So it's not just enough to hear the Word I've got to do. I've got to do the word. So you've heard the word today. So listen, that's only part, Brother Wayne, of the equation. Now you've got to do the truth. And that's the walk. I wrote this down for me. Okay. And I think it's going to be, I'll come back to it probably later. But will you write this down? Remember that with decision will come division. Okay, that's Holy Ghost stuff for me. That with your decision, the monumental decision, Sue, that we have in our life, it'll bring division. When you started to follow Christ, when you follow Christ, how many of you know it brought division? One thing that it did, it brought division in the natural, or in the spiritual, divided you from the old man that you used to be, and now how many of you are thankful you're a new man in Christ Jesus? Praise be to God. Your decision should bring division. Okay, that's simple. But now, what have I got going on? I've got to accept. Listen, when you get to that point, and it's hard to say, I'm a liar. 
Thank you for entering into my world this week. I have had one of the greatest weeks I've ever had, John. Friday was one of the freest days that I've ever had. You're thinking, well, pastor, you ought every day ought to be free. I had a, oh, it ain't nothing I did. I had my part in it, but I'll tell you this. The one thing that I understood and that I'm understanding is that my passivity has got to stop. Because what I allow is what I accept. And what I accept is what I become. Third level, do the truth. Living in the world, do you, boo, you do you, I do me, and uh uh, do the truth. And guess what? The truth hurts. I'm not done. I got to finish. Stephen, you'll work great. Dan, you'll work great. Dax, you'll work great. Thank you. That's what you get for sitting on the front row. That's the reason so many people sit in the back. He may use me sometime. Let me show you something that the enemy is relentless. Let me, let me read something to you. I got something here that, that, that has been, when, when you learn this, just, just understand. Let me tell you something about truth. This is where, when the woman said in, in, in John chapter 4, I perceive thou art a prophet. When she said I perceive, that, that's the same as assumption, correct? She assumed he was a prophet. Let me show you how truth works. And this is where you've got to get to and I've got to get to. Truth begins, listen, assumption is not enough. You can assume that. Listen, they assumed that he was doing the work of Satan, Correct? Beelzebub, they assumed that. Was it true? Okay. So listen, write down. A lot of things to write down here, still in threes. So assumption is this, the assumption of knowing a certain thing. So I've got assumption, and then there were other people in his life, Jim, that said whether he be a prophet or no, I know not. Right? Remember the blind man? He said, I don't know that. This is called neutrality. Assumption and neutrality. And the third level is where we all must be is uncertainty. That's what Peter had. That's what John had. Let me tell you, out of those three that are the most dangerous, and listen, certainty, of course, is is the positive place we want to be. But when you look at this, this is the key. The one that scares me the most is neutrality because that's where most people are. When you are stuck in neutral, you can be pushed forward or backward. There's no drive. You don't know who you're for. You don't know who you're against. You don't know who you're fighting for and who's fighting against you. It's neutrality. A neutral mind scares me more than anything else. What are you talking about? Look at gender. Look at all these things. My goodness, how long? How can we even? Stay with me. Neutral. Neutral means you're stuck between reverse and drive. I see this. The third level, you've got to come to certainty. And that begins with knowing who he is, who you are. Where's Satan attack? Thank you. I'll tell you. Point number two, knowing the truth, exposing the lie, identifying the strong man, and the fourth part under number two that I won't get to is what are we having for supper? So, Carrie, here's where it's at. Now, when you know the truth, let me go ahead and read this piece of Scripture, and I'll come down here with them. Matthew 12, 29 speaks of when they come to Jesus against and saying that he had done this of Beelzebub, he said, how can a house stand, I'm paraphrasing, how can a house stand when it's being divided? Why would I do that? Why would I come against Satan 
if I was part of Satan. I'm paraphrasing. And this is the point that we have to do, or that we have to get to. Is that the Word of God says, How can you enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he spoil the house? Turn to somebody and say, You've got to identify the strong man. So what is the strong man in your life? Everybody has one. You either overcome it or you're overcoming it. But I will tell you, Stephen, will you step up here? I'm going to ask you this. What owns you? We just went through the love quiz for about six weeks in the Monday morning hope group, and everybody's still mad at me. I'm mad at myself. Not mad at God. But when I say that, you've got to define the strong man. You cannot take control. And this is simple. You probably heard this preached, taught everywhere else. But you cannot gain control of you until you first bind the strong man. And I need to say today, are you possessed? Stay with me. So somebody comes and says, hey, I don't, listen, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, man. I just got $10,000 back from the IRS and I wasn't even expecting it. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's so good. I just had to pay in 50000 <laughs> Strong man. You say, is it that simple? Yes. Why? Because the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. So what happens? Immediately you're like, I ain't got that problem. I ain't got that. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> hey, how you like? I just got this dress. I give $5. And in your mind you're thinking, I just ordered that online for $63.50. Strong man. Strong man. Stay with me. This is what happens. You got to figure out what it is. I spent this week, Holy Spirit revealing and showing to me, I ain't just got one or two. I got all these imps, man, fighting me. So I'm not going to do ah. We've lived together this long. You're the only friend I know. I'm going to keep being jealous. I'm going to keep being envious. I'm going to continue with my lust. I'm going to continue with my greed. Are you? If I could sound the trumpet right now, Josh, I would. So what would you be joined to? Come on, strong. What are you a part of? Because what you're a part of now is a part of you. Remember, you can't know the truth. You've got to be one with the truth. If you're one with sin, you become sin, yes or no? Whoever you, whoever you yield your members to obey. So what have I got to do? Well, I got an anger problem. Everybody knows when I come in the house. Woman, where's my food? Do you know that when I got a 12-inch iron skillet, and Amy would find it. Can I tell you, she knows how to use the skillet. Huh? She said this, you do sleep. <laughs> Look here, stay with me, please. This is important. Who's your strong man? Brother Wayne, you're going to preach it so real and so hot. Ain't none of us going to heaven. 
I just want to be real with you today to know the truth. Because the problem today, stay right there, strong man. I'm going to deal with you in a minute. So here's what you've got to hear. He will stay in your life until you deal with it. And you want to be free, but you will not be free until you do. I doubt that. I doubt. I do. And you'll deal with that and you'll say, oh, I'm so born again. Some people tell me I've been born again 18 times. <laughs> Brother Wayne, is it okay if I get baptized again? Been baptized 83 times. I told people, I said, I don't care. If it'll help you getting wet one more time, I ain't going to hurt you. I just want you to be real with where we at. Strong man. Turn to somebody say, he talking to you. Because sometimes our strong men bring us depression, bring us anger, and all of these things. Stay right there. How many of you are willing today to find the strong man? So I'm going to find him, I'm going to bind him, and I'm going to kill him. Here's what happens. When you come into a strong man's house and you find it, listen, here's what you'll do. You come in, and it's the weirdest of things that I found in Scripture, Jimmy. It's the weirdest of things that I find to be fact because I see it in the Garden of Eden. Adam, where are you? What happens is this, is that we call him the strong man, but there's no greater coward than the strong man. Hide behind him, strong man. Come here, strong man. Come right here. Stay there. Strong man, where are you at? Go hide. I want you to get this visual because I know this to be true. I've seen it in my own life. When you go looking for the strong man, he will, behi- he will hide behind a lesser demon. I'm free from alcohol, are you? I'm free from this, I'm free from that, I'm free. And what he will do is that he will suppress, he will hide. What did Adam and Eve, they hid, stay with me a minute. What will happen is that this main demon that dictates your life, he is a coward. And he will hide behind something else in your life. You ain't doing a very good job hiding, I mean hide. What will happen is that your doubt, stay with me a minute. Your doubt, remember, he's out to deceive you. It's gone. It's gone. But your doubt is hiding behind anxiety. Your anxiety is hiding behind fear. I'm preaching some real to you all today. And unless we, Penny, unless we come to this place. Oh, man. Help me, Holy Spirit. I know you're in here. I know you're in here, and you can't live here anymore. In the name of Jesus, you've got to go. You've got. If you don't, he will operate and manifest in that, in you, or anything else, and in your children. Thank you. Come here now. One more quick example. Come here, guys. Dan, I didn't leave you out. You get to be body. 
You get to be the spirit now. Go up there. Come out your second step. The Word of God says, Larry, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that we're made up of three things. We're called trichotomy. Is that correct? Body, soul, and spirit. Correct? You need to write this down because this is where the enemy gets in. The enemy gets in through your body. What's your body? Your body is your flesh. Your body, your body is your desire. Okay, I see I want. We go back to the garden, okay? Stay with me. Right here. Satan gets in right here. I see it. I want it. Understand? That's flesh. That's not yours. You can't have it. God said, leave it alone. She's not yours. She's another man's what? Huh? That's not yours. Where does he come in? He comes in right here because he has easy access to it. So then why does he do that? Once he gets there, he's not done. What's he move to next? The soul. Turn to somebody and say, you're too emotional. <laughs> Where will he go next? He'll get in here. What did happen to Eve? You shall be as God's. Oh, that makes me feel. Now I'm moving in the emotion. Because of my flesh, because of my hunger, now that makes me feel good. You say, listen, turn to somebody and say, it's all about your appetite. Because when we think about that, what we put in an apple, a pear, a peach, or whatever that it was on the tree, we don't know. Whatever that it was, can I tell you, it comes down to your appetite. Your appetite, whether it be for food, whether for the drug, whether for power, whether for sex, whatever that it is. It's your appetite for whatever that the desire is that starts at a fleshly level. Say, Pastor, that's too simple. Then why don't we get it? Because now we are living in a feeling generation. I just can't feel it. And so we, we allow ourselves to be intoxicated with things that feel and we only become more numb to God. So Satan comes in at the fleshly level, at the emotional level, this is my flesh, this is my feel, and the third level is my faith. If you do not stop him here and you let him go to here, he's after this. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. That when thou art converted, that thy faith would fail, that when thou art converted, huh? That your faith fail not, but when you're converted, that you'll strengthen your brethren. I prayed for you. God has prayed for you. Jesus is praying for you right now. What? For you to be a better Christian, a strong? No. He's praying that your faith would not fail in these times. Somebody praise God. If you allow him in right here, he'll go to here. Flesh, feel. Faith. I see it. I got to have that. It's going to make me feel. Real quick. Two times in Scripture that I found. Some of you may have found more. Two times that I see a manifest presence of Satan. Two times. Manifest presence. He manifests through people, powers and principalities that I think will come Wednesday. He comes through two. He comes as a serpent in the garden. Yes or no? What's the other one? Matthew 4. Physical presence tempting Jesus. Yes or no? Indicates none other. So in one I've got the garden, the other I've got the wilderness. Both of them concerning your appetite. Look what Jesus conquered for you and I. That's the reason when you're one with the truth, Him being the way, the truth, and the life, when you're one with Him, that's how you conquer the enemy. Please stay with me. 
The thing is, he, he first tempted him with bread. Is that true, yes or no? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He takes him up the top of the hill. May have these backwards here. Takes him up. Every bit of this can be yours. He tells him all that. What have I got? You can have everything that you hunger for. You can have everything that you lust for. You can have power. You can have control. Hello, somebody. What do you mean you're going to tell me what to do? Hello. I'll get to a fence before we stop. Or back to a fence before we stop. So what happens? Well, then, Larry, we come to this place. Oh, wretched man that I am. For the good that I would, I do not, and the evil which I would not, that I do. I'm a wreck. Why? Turn to somebody and say, you're out of order. Switch places. Calm down. So the Word of God said you must be born again, yes or no, John chapter 3. That which are born... Of flesh is flesh. You go up here. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is. You know not what you worship. God is. What happens is this. When we get our life out of order. Is when I hunger. And I look for the things that fulfill me. And my feel. You need more than that. Thanks. I'll give it to you. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the... As simple as it can be. Come on, Spirit. Follow. Get in line. So now I'm walking with the Spirit. Look where my emotion and my feel is. Look where my flesh is. Hello, caboose. We're, amen? We're no longer led. Come on, flesh got to follow me. I'm not following my flesh anymore. I'm not following my feel anymore. Somebody give praise to God and thank God for these guys here. God bless you. You will continue to be a wreck. Does this offend you? If it hasn't, you won't change. I want you to, I, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to beseech you to do something. I want you to yield to the Holy Spirit this week. Take a notepad. Some of you note takers, take a notepad with you. And every time you get offended, either make a mental note or a physical note of that offended me. I don't know why you're laughing, but it always scares me when you do stuff like that. Let me show you this. The Word of God says, so when any man is tempted, how many of y'all been tempted to sin within the past week? Do you realize that temptation is not sin? But the Word of God said, Asher, that when every man is tempted, let him take note, if you will, and see that when a man is tempted and he's drawn away by that lust, and he sins, then that's when it brings death. Do you realize that in Job's life, that when Satan come before God, he said, you can touch his body, you can touch his family, but you can't touch, you can't give him death or life. Do you realize today what you yield, and this is what the enemy is after, you cannot allow the enemy to take your faith what you've got to do, just as you are being tested, there's all kinds of tests. And that maybe that will come out Wednesday too. There's a lot of stuff got to come out Wednesday. Some of y'all think I ain't coming. 
But here's the thing. You've got, you and I have both got to understand that it's walking in the Spirit. And saying that in closing, when we get to that place and we find out what the offense is, somebody says, oh, that enemy is still tempting me. Could it be this? Because I'm seeing something that I haven't seen before. Is that the temptation of the devil or is it the warning of the Holy Ghost? It's powerful, Steve. So here's what I'm thinking. Oh, there's the enemy again. Could it be that there's a simultaneous work? Praise team, will you come? Will you come, please? Could it be that there's a simultaneous thing that goes on for those that are walking in the Spirit and that we begin to see that all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose? Could it be at the very moment that I'm tempted simultaneously it's the Holy Spirit working? That what is happening, that I'm being tempted, but it's the Holy Spirit telling me at that very point. Temptation. This is where we move. Lonnie Lynn, I love this part. This is where we move from being passive. Say the word deliberate. See, we go through lives. Oh, I did that on accident. Really not a whole lot of that in the kingdom. Remember this, God never spilled anything. He pours it, but He don't spill it. You need to hear me. God has purpose. He don't make mistakes. So I want you to hear this word today. Deliberate. I'm going to leave here today, Brother Mike, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to be deliberate. I'm not going to be passive and I'm going to say, oh, whatever comes, whatever goes. Can I tell you something? I believe that I have the power in Jesus' name to set the thermometer or the temperature in my own climate, in my own atmosphere and not let hell do it. Hell says, you're going to have a bad day today. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I say, get your hand off the thermostat. This is the day that the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Get your hand off that. You're going to leave her the same. Unless we take these few moments and we ask the Holy Spirit to show us what offends you. Ha. Huh. So what do I come to? Figured out this week a whole bunch of things. I'm not going to share all of them with y'all because y'all be putting it on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> I found out a lot of stuff about me. And I come before the Lord and I said, Lord, I'll share a couple. Lord, I can't focus. I'm too distracted. Lord, I, where did that come? Holy Spirit said, you're jealous. I said, what? He said, Holy Spirit, it's envy. I said, What? That's pride. What? Lord, I'm humble. Please stay with me. And then I get done through listening to all those things, and this is where your old pastor's heart and fellow traveler just break. I get through all that, and I say, oh, God. And then I get to the place, but I'm forgiven. How beautiful. Place of forgiveness. Can I offer that place to you today? Are you going to leave here in your dress up? Are you going to leave here with that costume on? Or can we get down to the real and find out how do we identify, Alicia, that strong man 
You need to write this down. The quickest way that you figure out who your strong man is is by those simple words in Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the souls. Third level, second or third level, when it says, does this offend you? When you find out what offends you, you are well on your journey to who your strong man is. Conviction. Lord, I love you so much. Oh, God, today I can see that so many in this place, Lord, are willing to be made free. God, the people online today, be willing to made, be made free. I've got to ask you, do you really want to be one with the truth? Let me push your button. I've always got to be right. I'm never wrong. You got that, but I got this. Who's your strong man? Holy Spirit, go deeper than the outside. Take us from the lobby of church, most of our church services. Take us, God, into the inner courts of your working. And the inner sanctum, Lord, of who you are. And you are holy and you said no flesh. No flesh can glory in my presence. God, today, could we, could we as your people, as conviction moves and the power of the Holy Spirit, could we come before you? boldly and most assuredly that you cannot lie that when you say whosoever calls on the name of the Lord should be saved I know God there's many people that are born again but Lord these strong men you've identified them and God we don't let them leave here don't let us leave here God let them hide behind something else Holy Spirit reveal it right now please God, today I know how Satan works. He's going to say, stand the pew, stand the pew, stand the pew, stand the pew, stand the seat. You don't want anybody to know you're envious. You don't want anybody to know you're jealous. You don't want anybody to know that you've always got it right. You can never be wrong. You don't want anybody, want anybody to know you always got to have control. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. As sure as you go up, they're going to know, I'm glad she got up. Can I tell you, don't worry about them. Right now, this is between you and the Lord. And you shall know the truth. I want to be one with the truth. you're here today, maybe it's your first time in a while, maybe it's your first time ever, maybe it's your last time ever. <laughs> but if the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart, you're saying, I'm more led by my flesh and my feeling than I am my faith. I want change today. I want to invite you right now to come on up. Don't wait on anybody else. I'm not going to hold this long today. If the Holy Spirit is moving in your life, don't wait on anybody else. Don't wait on anybody else. Don't wait on anybody else. Christians, I'm actually surprised the whole, the whole church is not emptying. But that's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. I, listen, don't do it because of me. Do it because of Him. Do it because of you. I want to be one with the truth. And the Holy Spirit has pointed some things out. You're here today and you're lost. I couldn't wait to get to you. And by the way, He can't either. He wants to come to you right where you are and in your sin. You say, you made it sound like I've got to clean up before all these things. I've messed up. I've got No, he wants to meet you right where you are. He wants to be one with your sin. He wants to kill it out. He's crucified for that sin. And he wants to save you and set you free. And you can leave this place free. In Jesus' name. Christians, I want to ask any of you and all of you that will come, let's pray for revival. 
Let's pray for our families. Let's do, let's just pray. Those of you online, please don't turn me off. Please pray at home. Put it in the chat. Do whatever. Let people know you're part of it, that God is working in your life. No, you don't have to go into every detail at all. But deal with that strong man today. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.